No, go ahead, talk. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. just wonderful welcome to a brand new episode of word bros we had a guest season two we had a guest the guest bailed so it's just kevin and i and those things happen from time to time um what are you gonna do we're still gonna chit chat we're still gonna have a nice time got a lot of things to uh discuss a lot of things to talk about um hopefully they'll be as interesting as the pre-recording conversations but they never are like all the conversations that you never hear uh with podcasts off (laughs) the recording are always way better like they can be yeah yeah kevin was making fun of my nail polish because i have nail polish on um Um, apparently bob had his toe painted i have my toes painted my daughter had her birthday last week she had the longest birthday celebration of any human being not royalty um in the whole world. So she had a sleepover. One of her friends slept over. They wanted to paint fingernails. And I mean, they only have 10 fingers and 10 toes. So they need more nails to paint. So they painted Bobby's uh, and then they painted mine. I have red and blue fingernails. One hand, my left hand is completely red, which is nice. And then my right hand is three reds and two blues. Now, when people ask you about that, do you be like, I'm Bob France professional hand model? Surprising, that, surprisingly, no one has said anything. Oh, because I, I would say if someone asked, I would be, I'm a professional hand model. This is what I do. I would just tell them, <laughs> what are you talking about? Your fingernails. What's up with your fingernails? Uh, I'm not following you here. Why are your, fingerna- <laughs> why are your fingernails painted? I, I, I don't know. What you're- and then go, oh, what happened? <laughs> no, but I think most of the time I'm with two small children. So I think that one of them being a girl, so I think. I mean, I wouldn't find it odd if I saw. I mean, and I'm not saying that to be facetious. I'm not saying that it'd be funny. Like if I saw a grown man with his paint, his fingernails painted, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, that means this or that. Because, but then that's not everybody though. Other yeah. people make make weird assumptions about that stuff. Um, but, again, uh, but I, I was I'll... just saying that because professional hand model seems to be like a funny uh, Zoolander thing, isn't that where that's from? I have very, I have very hairy hands though, so it would so, be. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. yeah. I have hairy hands, hairy legs, hairy feet, not a hairy face, not a hairy chest. It's just kind of here. I, and for some reason, I don't know, you've probably never noticed this. No one ever really has, um, except me and my wife. Uh, I have very hairy wrists. Like, I don't, uh, next time we hang out, I'll show you, like, this, this part of my, look at all that hair. Like, this oh, part of my arm. Yeah, is, I do, too. No, really I'm talking cool. about, like, on my wrist bone. Oh, and like the side of my hands, I have really hairy side of hands. Like, look at all that hair. Look, <laughs> look at it all. It's very odd. 
It's because know. you were a chimpanzee in a former life. This is why you like monkeys. Well, I mean, to be fair, Kevin, I think we've all evolved from chimpanzees. We were all chimpanzees. No, I mean, you were just one in a former life. I'm uh, that's cool. I'm all okay for one. Like that, that was what you used to do. You were like an organ grinding monkey like that would get people to do things like, you know, come into stores and buy cigars and such in the 20s. I can see that. That's probably why I'm such a natural at uh, manning a table at a convention because it's very similar. So I would even say I dress probably very similar to uh, an organ grinder monkey. There's probably many similarities in our dress as well. Because I'm sure they wear like little suits and neckerchiefs and stuff like that. And so the little yeah. hats, yeah. yeah. Perhaps, perhaps. It but all yes, makes sense now. It does. It's all coming together in one <laughs> wonderful package. My life is, is finally, it's finally making sense. <laughs> So congratulations. I saw that you are going to be a guest at the Hampton Comic Con. Oh, well, thank you, sir. Um, now, now, what is that show? It is, uh, I think it's next month on the 13th. or the, that, it's the, I, I don't know, the 20th. Okay, so it's October. So, I think it's October 20th and 21st. 20th and 21st. Right? Yeah. Nice. No, a two-day right. two show. It's a two-day Hampton Comic Con. That's awesome. So are you going to split your money with me, Kevin? No. <laughs> <laughs> but we're I a team. I didn't even have to think Kevin. about it. <laughs> we're a team. That's we awesome. Are. So that's awesome. So you you got your own table. I, I'm really happy that you're tabling because I think it's time. <laughs> like you, I mean, I tabled last year at Hampton Comic Con. I know, but what I'm saying is you need to, because for the longest time you've been Drew's like a table assistant. Like, because for those of you that don't know, when you go to a uh, con, if you've never been, I'm sure all of you have been, because if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you've been to a Comic Con. No, not everybody's been to a con. Though. Most artists at shows are just drawing. So they're never looking up. They're always just looking down, doing what they're doing. So Kevin's job, as was my job before him, was to kind of just hang out with Drew, kill some time, and try to attract some people over to the table. Because the artist can't do it because they're looking down. But uh, Kevin is finally kind of branching out on his own, and now he's going to have his own table. Because you have, you have enough stuff. Like you yeah, have, now I do. Now I do. That's why. Know? That's what. That, I think that's what kept me kind of not doing it before. And, and if I couldn't get, like, I got, a, I got a table to MarsCon here in Williamsburg last year. I had a table there. Was it last year? Was it last year or the year before? Two years. It was two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Um, so I, that was the mm. first time I tabled by myself. And I only had three, two things to sell. I had Elvis Adventures and Oathbound. Yes. What a book. Yeah. Those two solid books to sell right there. Yeah, they are. And the thing, the thing was, I did all right for that. But now, and this is what you have to think about when you're doing this stuff. If I would have had to pay for the table, I would have made $5 for the entire yeah, I still would have busted in the green, but it's only five dollars. I would have made <laughs> only five dollar green. <laughs> yeah, five dollars worth of green. So like, because I made like one hundred and eighteen bucks. Nice, days, which isn't bad. That's not bad. It's not bad selling five dollar books. Like you have to put that in perspective. Like right. that's that's a lot of books. Yeah, yeah. It was so it was like thirty books, almost yeah. thirty books, twenty something, twenty twenty books or so. Um, so, um. The cool thing about it was, like, I didn't pay for the table, so that was all, like, pocket money. It helped me give my kid lunch money and, and put gas in my car. So, like, that was awesome. Um, the weird thing is, if I would have had to pay for a table, I would have barely made in the green. Your kid, you're, saying, think, you're, you're saying your kid would have starved. <laughs> That's what you're saying? 
Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm guilt tripping everyone out there to pay, when, <laughs> to pay me when they go to cons. Like, don't let my child starve at lunch. Come on, man, I got kids to feed, baby. I, you're, like the, you're like the alien guy in uh, Total Recall who takes I his am. arm off. And I, I, got, I got five kids to feed. I thought you had six kids to feed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like the cool thing about that is, like that was the first time I did it. And then Hampton Con, this will be the second Hampton Con. Nice. But last last time we split a table because I didn't have very much more than what I had for MarsCon. Now, what fine what fine wares will you be selling at Hampton Comic Con? I have everything that we have done. I even have some Elvis left over. I found nice. Three, I found three Elvises when I cleaned out my old car. To, Word. To yeah, I got three. I have three copies of the Elvis Adventures. Nice. I have. I still have some Oathbound. Um, I have the Not Forgotten anthology which is a trade and okay. i have the if anthology okay so uh, and fredo there you go that's that's so a, it's like everything it's that's everything. a sizable haul yeah it's a decent amount of books yeah. now how many here's an important question i think you should ask yourself and i think if you're doing shows you should ask yourself this as well if you're a writer or an artist or whatever, how many of those things, because you said you did Hampton Con last year as well, how many of those things on your table will be new? Two. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. So it's, then, it's, yeah. It's, if, it's if and then not forgotten, uh, the, the two trades. Nice. So, because I had Fredo. Okay. We got that at the, at the Tidewater Comic Con. I didn't have Elvis with me because I didn't know I had those three copies um, in, the, in the old con box that I used to bring with my books in it. Um, I didn't know that they were sitting at the bottom of the box. You know the, how the box has those flaps in it? The three yeah. issues were underneath one of the flaps. It's like a secret compartment. Yeah, it was, very, it was a very weird surprise. I was like, I thought I didn't have any more of these. You're like Nicolas Cage in National Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Digging through my comics with a flashlight. Uh, it belongs just, in the museum. I just found the Declaration of Independence. Read <laughs> of independence well that's cool man so because yeah that's one thing i think you need to do as a creator um if you do cons more than once make sure you have new books something new yeah. like i don't like to do a show if i don't have new stuff because then people come over and they say well what do you have and you say oh i got this stuff i bought that last year like, oh, well do you have anything new and you go no. and then they're like okay well cool see you later. it was cool to see you yeah good good talking to you it's nice it's nice to always get repeat business and that's what you're trying to do when you're doing these shows you're trying to get repeat business that's why every year when i do tricon in west virginia it ain't the biggest show in the whole wide world but i we get repeat business because every time we do it we have new books and i mean hell yeah. we even had people coming back this year buying the metal shark brooch and hopefully when we do tricon this year we'll have uh the metal shark bro trade yes that would be awesome because hopefully that well, hopefully we'll have that thing out by April. April. Uh, hopefully, normally that show is in May or June, so we will probably have books. So, yeah, we'll be ready to June. rock that mother grubber out, blow it up. I mean, if and here's the cool thing about that: we, we kind of had a test market for it at Tricon. Yeah, that's when we determined that this this might be. A book that oh we knew it would work kevin we were, we're being modest at this point bro i mean that's not necessarily true we weren't sure everybody we, we told really sure everybody everybody we told metal shark bro about was like that sounds awesome um because it's just so dumb 
it's just such a dumb concept that it's going to work. And I can't believe we were able to trick over 700 people into backing it on Kickstarter. That's a spell right there. That's, that's some kind of mage spell right there, able to trick 700 people over the internet. Is it like internet charm person? Is that the spell list? Is that internet charm person? <laughs> or internet friends. That's what it is. Yes. Because they all know we caught, we like, we, we got them to buy this book. So when they, when they were released from the spell, they'll be like, Hey, you, you owe me money. We do. Cause we that's do. how friends works. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited about the book. Uh, I've been working on issue three um as we speak i got derailed a little bit this week i had a, a surprise family come to town because they bailed for the uh the storm so they came but uh it's going well i'm excited about it but i still i was it's funny because um i was talking to chaz who might come on our podcast a guy named chaz pangburn he's a wonderful guy he's a good editor and i like saying his name funny and i always say his name Chad pangburn he's a good dude he's a really he's a really talented cat um I was going to send him Metal Shark Bros 1 and 2 so he can edit. And it's weird okay. because I still, and I don't know if you do this as well, but every time I send something to an editor, uh, be it like a freelance editor or, you know, like an editor at a company, I still get like super nervous that I'm going to get found out that I'm a complete and total fraud. Yeah, I think it still happens to any, anyone that, still, that, that writes. I mean, I, Okay, I good. Happens, yeah, it happens because you go... I'm not sure if this is any good or not. And yeah. when I read it, it sounds good to me, but I wrote it. So, yeah. I mean, this looks, <laughs> sounds, this looks all right to me. So I'm like, oh, this looks all right. But it I sounds wrote. good to me because I'm a dummy. So, yeah. <laughs> I, it's delusions of grandeur is what I have. But I think that, uh, that, that as, as you were saying um, yesterday, when we, we, we did the Creator Talks pod, that, uh, that the editor actually helps you realize stuff about things that you do when you write that you probably wouldn't notice normally. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a good thing to have when you said, you know, an editor, I was like, I agree. Cause sometimes they'll read through everything and go, well, this thing here doesn't make any sense. Why do they, why is that there? And then yeah. you're like, no, that makes perfect sense. Cause and they'll go, no, no, no. Yeah. That's a, that's a weird place to have that. You should and have it, You know, it's, it's one of those cases. And I think a lot of young writers do this. Um, I know it was a mistake I made early on and I'm sure you did too, where it's like, Oh, well this happens because of this. And you can't, you're not going to be there explaining your work to the person reading it. If they buy your work from you at a show, you're not going to be sitting there next to them going, Oh, well this happens because of this. It's gotta be in the book. Like it's gotta be clear and concise. Right, you know, like it, you can know why it happens, but at some point you have to fill the reader in. The reader has to know what's going on. If not, then your work is just kind of jumbled and confusing. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Too also, the one of the hardest things to learn, I think, when you're writing comics, that that you have to keep in mind, as opposed to writing prose, would be show don't tell, because you have the ability to. So you got to remember that the artist has the ability to show the audience something. And and I don't mean like the character saying, Oh, here's this book. And they're handing them a book. That's not showing that. Tell. That's that they're talking about an ancient, the, there's, there's an ancient grimoire, blah, 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 blah. blah. And, and instead of saying here, this book, the like the dialogue shouldn't be, here's this book because you're showing them that. Yeah. Like that's where you, you have, that's where you have your chance to do your info dump or whatever, because your the book is on the, you can see the book. Um, versus where in a prose piece you would have to tell them about the book. 
So I feel like that's one of the things that happens a lot too. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Again, uh, it's just, it's, it's nice to kind of have, I had this dude um, just kind of hit me up on Twitter out of nowhere in my DMs. He slid up in my DMs and he was like, Hey, this is a friend of mine. He's been writing articles for stuff, but he wants to get into comics. Like what kind of advice would you have for him? And I was like, well, yeah, the first thing you should do is hire an editor. I said, like, write six to eight page stories because we all do it. Like, we all want to write our giant epic, you know, 15 issue maxi series about, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And then there's blah, blah, blah. Nah, son, write six to eight pages to show that you can complete a story, that you can do the work, that you can get it done. You'll, it's easier to find an artist to do six or eight pages and then get yourself an editor. Yeah. Get yourself an editor and uh, make sure you get a, a professional letterer as well. Uh, lettering is so important to comics because if your lettering sucks, then guess what? Your comic sucks. Yeah. And that's, that's the real truth, brother. And there's a lot of great letterers out there, man. Like use Twitter as, as, uh, as almost like a, as the yellow pages. I know that's a really old reference at this point. I, and I don't know why they still like Nobody got it but you. Yeah, and no. you. You know what the yellow pages I are. <laughs> I got my yellow pages the other day, and I'm just like, why? They just, just throw them in the trash. Like, no one needs this. I, it just went right in the garbage. Like, if you're going to bring the yellow pages to my house, just do me a favor and just throw it away because I don't want it. Nobody wants this thing. I got, I got a Google machine in my I pocket. haven't seen them. Like, you know the weird thing now that you bring up the yellow page. I haven't seen anybody drop off yellow pages books in years. Really? I got one like a week ago, and every really? time I get one, it baffles me. It's like, this is the stupidest thing in the whole world. Like, what is with it? With the internet at this point. Yeah. With, I mean, I don't think people even read as many newspapers now because of the internet. People get their news from the internet. <clears throat> now they they might use online sources to bring them their news, but I don't think that the the news I don't think that newsprints completely died off. But I think that we are in the last generation where we will see printed newspapers. I've been buying. Actually, I did it last week, and I think I'm going to continue to do it, even though I was disappointed in uh, my local paper, the Cincinnati Inquirer, which is just kind of like a a smaller version of USA Today because they're owned by the same company, Gwinnett, I believe it's called. Mm -hmm. um, I remember as a kid uh, being a giant sports fan and every Sunday the paper would come and they would have the, the baseball box scores and they would also have the stats for everybody. So they would have the pitching batting at, they would have the pitching ERA leaders and the batting average people and like the team batting and team pitching. And I remember just as a kid, like just pouring over this information and just like reading every name and seeing who's doing what and what my favorite players are doing. And my son is becoming quite the sportsman. Like he loves everything sports. Uh, he's obsessed with it. So I was thinking, you know, what would be fun is to go get the Sunday paper and do the same thing. Like just go over there and like see what the Los Angeles Rams are doing or, you know, just to kind of have that moment. And then my kid can, my daughter, who's not so much into sports, but she's in the comics, she can read the Sunday comics. Right. Um, so I went to get the paper and it's not the same. They don't have it. Um, they did still have the comics, but like the, the baseball stuff wasn't in there. So that was kind of a bummer. So I might buy the New York Times this week and just be like a total fancy pants and see if it's in there. And if it is, I'm just going to continue to buy the paper so my, my boy and I can look at it together because it's fun. Like it's, it's enjoyable, you know. So who is your favorite player? Growing up? Yeah. Uh, my favorite player growing up uh, was probably Daryl Strawberry. Yeah. 
being a Mets fan, I was Daryl Strawberry was my man's in them. And then my favorite pitcher was probably Dwight Gooden because he was the best. But like I would just look at the box score and find all the Mets and oh, Rafael Santana's batting 227. He's got no home runs and 11 RBIs. Okay, he's got this many at bats. And so it was just, it was just very fun. And I don't know, I, I really enjoyed it. And I would talk to my dad about it and just kind of talk to my friends about it. So I don't know, maybe I'm, ta- maybe I'm speaking like a, like someone from a long forgotten era, if you will. But I think it's just something that the boy and I can do together. Just, you know, I I think that that's a wonderful thing. I was just wondering, like, because, because like I was seeing if your favorite player or your favorite pitcher were based on the statistics or were they based on things about that player or whatever. But I remember Daryl Strawberry because we lived in New York and, and and Shea stadium at that time when, uh, when Daryl, when I was a kid, it was, it was Daryl Strawberry. My, my dad was a Mets fan. Yeah, it's a it's a so sad, I rooted for the Yankees. That's, sad, that's it's, a sad, it's a sad life to be a Met fan. Sad life. Uh, I did I did inherit that. See, I'm I'm glad I, 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 that passed me over. He was Man. a Jets fan and a Mets fan, so that's, that's he's bad on he's bad on everything. You yeah. Know? Well, that's how it <laughs> normally that's how it normally goes with people up there. You're a Mets, Jets, Islanders, Nets fan for some reason, and then you're a Yankees, Knicks, Giants and Rangers fan. That's how the New York sports fans normally go. Right. Which is weird. I don't know why, but that's just how it normally is. But, um, but yeah, man. So this weekend um, is the, I'm excited. It's the Cincinnati comic expo this weekend. All are you weekend. going? Uh, I'll probably go. Um, I know some friends of ours are going to be there like Scoot and, um, and Dave, and Dave. from, mm-hmm. uh, from wrapped up will be there. So I'm going to go talk to those dudes. Uh, there's a couple other people that I want to meet that will be in town. And it's just nice to go to a show. I haven't been in a show in a while. Um, Make sure Dave gives you some snacks, man. He said he always has snacks. I mean, I'm going to hit him up. That's why I'm going. You got to hit him up for some snacks. Man, he got no snacks in the house. So I'm going to go hit up Dave be like, what's up? You got some snacks, bro? <laughs> you got how some the, snacks, bro. How the Morio's looking? Um, I might bring the kids. I might not. I'm still debating because I want to go and kind of not network per se, but just. Yeah, to, but you. I mean, the the one of the goals to do, to go to the, the show was to not only just chill with Scoot and Dave for a minute, which which you wouldn't be able to do yeah. too long of if you have your kids with you because they'll get bored. Because um, when I bring my kid to the Comic Con, I I do a little networking, but mostly I'm there for his entertainment. So yeah. we have to keep moving in order well, for I, that to happen. What I could always do is just buy a Sunday pass because I think Sunday it's from ten to five or whatever. Just take the kids really early and then just bring them home and go back, you know, <laughs> or just maybe go today because it's a three day show, which is pretty crazy to think it's a three day extravaganza. Maybe buy like a Friday and a Sunday or I don't know because the kids will get in for free. Yeah, you could honest. buy. I, you could do a Friday Sunday a two day, so you just yeah. say I want Friday and Sunday instead of Friday and Saturday, and you do. Friday and go today and talk to the dudes. And then, then Sunday you go and bring the kids. Yep. Because you've already had time to scout it out then, which is a smart plan because I don't do that. Hey. I just go for Cause most of them, most of them here, like Richmond comic con or whatever, where I brought my son, that's one day. Yeah. Saturday. That's, that's what you got is that one day. So when I bring him, I talk to the people I know that make comics, but I don't stay at their booth for too long talking or whatever. Cause because my child, my child's with me, and he doesn't want to. My child. He wants to look at the Lego. He wants yeah. to look at the Legos. He yeah. wants to look at like the Pokemon stuff. He wants to look at the stuff that's there more so than the comics per se. But the comics do catch his interest at times too. But it's more like, oh, there's all this cool stuff from my favorite things. So. 
Do you um do you have an Ollie's near you? No. I was at Ollie's because we have one up the street and uh, they always sell like really weird like comic collections. Like they always sell like graphic novels and stuff and they're pretty cheap. And do you remember- Big Lots does, but- Yeah, Big Lots does the same thing. Do you remember the Bill and Ted's Marvel book? No. I guess- They have that? Yeah, they have like, I guess last year or a couple years ago, Boom put out like uh, an omnibus of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure Written by um, Evan Dorkin. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that Evan Dorkin did all of it. Like, he did the pencils and the writing and all kinds of stuff. Like, I had no idea was Evan Dorkin doing it. So I'm pretty curious to check it out. Um, He's actually actually a pretty good comic creator, too. Yeah. So... That's what I'm saying. He did the Bill and Ted's book. I had no idea. That's um, crazy. Yeah, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go pick that up because I mean, I think it's like a, it's like a thirty dollar hardcover regularly, but I think they're selling it for nine bucks. I mean, it can't hurt because if you if you hate it, you could always donate it to the library. So. Yeah, or I could just sell it. to what's it called? Um, uh, uh, half, half price books. Yeah. Okay. If we, yeah, but yeah, so he's got the Evan Dorkin did, and I didn't even know that he did it, was um, Bill and Ted. So I think I'm going to go buy that thing because I really want to check that out. So I've been, I've been reading a lot lately, which I'm pretty excited about. I mean, reading, reading is fundamental. Man. It is. It, it truly is. You're exactly right, friend. You're exactly right. So um, I guess that's it. Next yeah. week, Next week, we're going to have on our main man, um our number one dude a good guy really excited to have him on kevin he's the uh the artist on one of your favorite comic books of all time he is it's josh hood josh hood from uh we can never go home Uh, he also has done some stuff he did a a really great star trek um book that had to come up of course because i was like i I know he draws star trek stuff so you're gonna be he did well he did him and donny cates did like this really cool like mirror universe one shot that was supposed to be a whole series but i guess it just didn't happen um because of donny cates schedule or whatever but it was a good issue man he draws he draws a good uh klingon which is pretty dope (laughs) well you know what i know what commission to get you next time i'm at a con with josh hoods out of like draw draw bob as a klingon draw wharf or draw yeah or draw me as a klingon Bob as a Klingon would be like the best because he's got a neckerchief. He's the only Klingon that has a neckerchief on ever. I've been telling (laughs) Stephanie, like, I want to get like, I don't know how much you know about Star Trek, but I want a little bit. I want to get a Batleth, which is the ceremonial Klingon weapon. Uh, Okay. And I want to get one for home protection because I think it would be really invaluable to have to protect me and my family because I mean, like, I don't want a gun in my house. But, like, if somebody broke into my house and I ran at them with a giant, like, double-handed, bladed weapon, they would just freak out. And I'm, if I'm screaming kapla at them, like, they would probably run away pretty fast. So yeah, I mean, you, you could run at them screaming with kapla with a, with a bladed weapon that you don't know how to use because you're not a Klingon. But and then I, they could, could I would take classes to... You would- you would take you would take Klingon battle classes. You know what, Kevin? In this world in 2018, I'm sure there are battleth lessons somewhere, and I'm sure it's probably the same as kind of using a staff, perhaps. But Is that yeah, like Klingon foo. Are you like learning Klingon? You know foo? what? I like, bet there are bat. You know what? I'm going to Google it right now. <laughs> battleth lessons. Well, I mean, I'm just I'm just 
<laughs> for your reasoning. I, I mean, to have if like oh, I just want to have this to have it. That's cool. But you're like, I'm gonna defend my home with a clean. <laughs> There is, all right, there is on YouTube, um, Batleth Lessons. Batleth Lesson numero uno, holding the Batleth. Basic basic strikes. Um, So when the robber breaks in, you'll be like, I learned how to use this on YouTube. You better leave. I mean, it's 2018, Kevin. My wife, um, she built a bed for my daughter, like a like a fancy pants. Like uh, uh, I saw, it. it was amazing. She got all those plans online. Like, but she, your wife isn't talking about defending your home. She built plans. a bed that my daughter sleeps in. That's now like seven feet off the ground. <laughs> I just think it's funny because you're like, oh, my wife made a bed, and that is that it relates to my Klingon battle training. <laughs> And I'm just like, there's no relation there. Like, I mean, I'm going to defend my home with this. That would be dope, dude. Like, and look, I don't even think I would have to do much bat lething because if someone saw it, they would just run away. They'd be like, this. That's your hope. I mean, you learn. I learned how to use it on YouTube is not like the most fearsome, (laughs) like battle cry after Kaplal. I mean, (laughs) Kaplal, YouTube trained, bitch. (laughs) I don't think it's going to work. You know, man. I'm just saying, you can learn a lot on YouTube, bro. Don't why are you hate. I'm not. I'm just. I'm worried about your safety, actually. Thanks, Kevin. You know what? Me too. <laughs> Me too. All right. So thank you for listening. Uh, we're gonna head out of here. We'll be back next week with Josh Hood. We're really excited about it. So that'll be a really great show. Um, we got some guests coming up. If they'll just stop bailing on us, it's very hard. Deadlines. Deadlines. Deadlines are tough. Deadlines are tough in comics. But so until Kevin, next week. Thank you very much, buddy. Thank you, sir. Kabla! You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast, thewordbros.com.